are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Friday edition of the show, May 1st edition of the podcast. And with a new month, we're beginning a new era here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. And that is we are embracing hashtag Fan Friday as we talk with you, the BYU fan on the podcast. Let you steer the conversation as I have a conversation with one of you each week. And this week, we're talking with Blair Red, a lifetime, long-time, lifetime BYU fan who grew up rooting for the Cougars from a young age, now coaches the high school ranks. A very insightful conversation. I can't wait for you guys to hear about on recruiting, on BYU football, even some thoughts on BYU basketball as well. So we'll get to all of that on today's edition of the podcast. It's all brought to you today by our good friends at Postmates, as well as Talacris Plasma Resources. We'll tell you what both of those companies are doing for our listeners here in just a little bit as well. Without further ado, let's get to it. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for May 1st, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download this podcast with us here to talk BYU sports each and every day. It is a hashtag Fan Friday, so that means you, the BYU fan, are going to steer the show. Going to have a special guest host on each week, hopefully. So if you guys would like to be a guest host, be one of our hashtag Fan Friday guest hosts, let us know. Hit us up on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Locked On Cougars. The email address for the show is at, sorry, excuse me, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. And of course, my personal Twitter feed, if you so desire to reach out to me there, is at Jacob C. Hatch. Love to have you guys on the show. Today's our first edition of a Fan Friday. And Blair Red, you can find him on Twitter at RedCoach. At Red Coach, R E D D C O A C H. Uh, he's a local high school coach, but a lifetime BYU fan. So I wanted to let you guys hear from him and his thoughts on BYU sports. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys that this podcast is available everywhere podcasts can be found Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. Make sure to hit that follow button, especially if you're listening on, on Spotify, the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. That way you never miss an episode of the podcast as we talk BYU sports each and every day. All right, let's get to it. Without further ado, here you go, my conversation with Blair Red right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Please be joined now by Blair Red. Blair, a big BYU fan, but a guy who is very involved in the high school football ranks along with a multitude of other things. But Blair, thanks again for being, I guess, our, should we call it test subject on Fan Fridays here on Locked On Cougars? I'll take it. I like that. I like that. Uh, we're doing this via Zoom call, so obviously social distancing here. But Blair, uh, let's start off here. Uh, how have you been killing the downtime amidst all of this going on? <laughs> I have been, you know, working at my ranch mostly. But uh, today I broke down the BYU USC game. Sweet. Uh, some some of the plays. Uh, basically, just. Trying to, it goes out on Cougar Sports Insiders, uh, Jeff Hansen's website, and so, you know, I'm just trying to do my part to help people see some things that they don't usually see. Trying to show them off-ball stuff on my uh, breakdowns, 
usually do a lot of line. I'm line heavy and then break down some routes. Like there was a route today where I was watching Matt Bushman uh, ran a deep route, just a go route. Uh, we're on a MLP, kind of ran an intermediate route. Dax Mel came in motion, ran a little arrow route. And so USC jumped the under route. Mm-hmm. And Matt Bushman ran a clear-out route with the safety covering him, and MLP was wide open. Uh, so I just showed the interesting. Everyone can see Wilson throwing it to Moroni, <laughs> but I wanted to show why yeah. Moroni was so wide open. Well, yeah, see, that, that's something that I think you can do as a football coach, especially with your background as a defensive coach. I think it's most of your background in coaching is on the defense, right? Yes. Yeah, so you, you, can, you, you see this because – what I've realized, I'm an analyst. I work in sports radio. I, I break down almost base level stuff. But you, as a coach, you have to be more detailed when you go about uh, talking about this because you're t- when you're coaching your young men that you're coaching at the high school level. Well, you're telling them, okay, yeah, you may not show up in this highlight, young man, over here if you're on the backside of this play. But what you do is just as critical as everything else on the front side of that play. And I think that, that is something that you bring. I've seen your work on Cougar Sports Insider. I think it's impeccable. I think that's something that unique that you bring to the conversation when it comes to BYU fans yeah I appreciate that I, I try to do my best I you know at the end of the day when I'm watching uh, the games I'm just like everyone else I love to just ball watch ball watch what's going on yeah oh great run Tyson but when I go down and watch the other the film a second time uh, it's fun to see why Tyson had such a great run like uh, against USC, for example, it didn't count because Hefo had a, a what they call a high-low block where you pretend like you're going high and then you yeah. take him out. But there was a crazy call that I've – and this will be on my next breakdown. I've never seen it before. It's a play action. So they fake a read option where Tyson and Zach both step up. Yeah. And then they turn it into a speed option. Okay. Which was crazy. And I, and it's like, it worked to perfection, but I didn't know why. So when I went back and watched the uh, replay of it, Tyson and Zach stepping up froze the linebackers, the Mike and the Sam linebackers, because they had to make sure it wasn't going the read option or if there was an RPO action off it. So the linebackers stopped. So when they turned it into a speed option, there was no one there. The DN hit Zach Wilson. Okay. Zach pitches it to Tyson, and there's nothing but green grass in front of him. So everyone's, you know, when I was watching it live, I remember thinking, wow, you know, that's a great place. But then going back and rewatching the film, you're like, well, no wonder it's so wide open because the mic and the stand backer didn't move a muscle. They yeah. froze when it was the – and I don't know if that would always work, but in that instance, man, that was a genius call. Absolutely. So I just try to I just try to show things that I see, and I'm not claiming to be a great film breakdown guy, but I just try to show things that I see, and hopefully, you know, it can help some guys when they go and watch films say, "Oh yeah, that's kind of cool." Well, I think you do a great job in that. So I wanted to backtrack a little bit here, and let's start off. Did you grow up a BYU fan? What is your history with BYU and the football program in particular? I did. So my Uncle Glenn Red was part of the Miracle Bowl team. People remember that name, uh, I think, yeah. 
Yeah, so I wasn't born. I wasn't alive for that time. But, you know, my family obviously watched Glenn, you know, watched the Miracle Bowl. And I remember first memories clearly BYU was uh, Ty Detmer's Heisman campaign okay. in that, that season. Uh, so I've always been a BYU fan. Biggest, you know, the first season I really remember just fully investing in was the 96 team. I think a lot of people you know, can relate to that. <laughs> I was I was 12 years old at the time, Sarkeesian, all those guys. Uh, Ronnie Jenkins was my favorite because he was just electric. Every time he touched the ball, it seemed like he was yeah. getting 10, 12 yards. Uh, so, yeah, 96 and then 2001 was my senior year in high school. And uh, you and I were chatting earlier about the Utah game that was – uh, I was kind of on a recruiting unofficial for that game. Okay. That's, so that was, you know, kind of, so all that stuff made me, it all started with my uncle being a kid. Uh, I, was, I wasn't there, didn't watch the games, was alive, but it was fun to, you know, go back and watch some of my dad's old VCRs, recorded tapes of my uncle and all those games. So that's, as soon as, uh, I don't remember not being a BYU okay. fan. So that's, uh, that's how I'll describe it. Well, yeah. So let's talk about that BYU Utah game. Uh, you, we, yeah, we, before we start started recording this, we talked about the 2001 game. Uh, this week on the podcast, we've been talking about the greatest moments in BYU sports history across all sports. But you said you wanted to talk about the 2001 BYU Utah game and how unique it was. So, what are your memories of that game overall to start off? Oh yeah. No, frustration for you know four and a half quarters like <laughs> yeah. BYU is undefeated this awesome team mm-hmm. and m- like most Utah games go it comes down to the wire I I went in expecting BYU to win like 35 to 3 because mm-hmm. I mean Utah was alright but they weren't world beaters by any stretch that year um, yeah and then the two plays that obviously stick out in your mind it's three and a half minutes left to go in the game uh, BYU's down 21-10. Uh, they have the ball on like the 10-yard line. Brandon Doman scrambles around for a good five seconds. Luke Staley, I don't think, was uh, supposed to be in the route. He was protection at first, but then when the scramble drill broke out, Luke did a good job of leaking out, and uh, Brandon found him for a touchdown. And then obviously the option play where Brandon Doman held the ball as long as he possibly could. DN did a great job of slow playing it, but he finally had to commit to Brandon. Brandon makes the pitch. Luke sprints up the sideline. Soren Holiday is blocking his butt off downfield. That place goes nuts. It's the loudest arena I've ever been in at, at the time. And, you know, that place was crazy. Yeah, I, I was at that game as well. And I so I actually I mentioned before we started recording, I was sitting in the northeast corner of the north end zone there. Uh, at, at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So essentially the same corner that Luke Staley ran into on that game-winning touchdown. And I just remember that entire stadium. I think the, 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 I just looked it up. The capacity was listed at 66,000. So standing room only crowd. I remember the place just erupting as he broke down that sideline for the touchdown. And it, it legitimately is one of the greatest moments in BYU history. And it's because, like you said, I think everybody went into that game thinking, okay, BYU's undefeated. They've got these guys, they got this in the bag. 
And then Utah just comes out and punched him in the mouth for three and a half quarters, like you mentioned. And finally, BYU finally woke up and became an absolutely all-time thriller, I think, in all things considered. Yeah, I mean, like the biggest, I think the elation was from the shock factor that <laughs> yeah. Utah was pushing them around. And then, you know, Coach Guilford with the game ceiling pick. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's probably the most relieved I've ever felt as a BYU fan. Like the elation and the relief was yeah. just all in one. Like, because there's been other huge games where you just feel happiness and joy. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of like, Oh my goodness, the season's still undefeated. So there's like, a, you could breathe a sigh of relief. And then it was, like, like you said, an all timer, like an all time great game. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the, the funny thing about that game, I also remember, is all the tortillas flying around. I don't know if you remember that as yeah, well. Yeah, I do. Obviously, a lot of fans out there will remember that. Uh, just uh, that will forever indelibly is etched in my mind as just seeing tortillas flying out of the stands throughout that game. And all that, yeah, Fiesta Bowl. Everyone thought it. There you go. Part one of my conversation with Blair Red. We'll get to part two here in just a second. More BYU football and basketball thoughts coming up in a little bit as well. You'll get some thoughts on recruiting from him, from his perspective as a high school coach, uh, where he sees things going for BYU in-state, etc. We'll get to that. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys that today's show has been brought to you by our good friends at Telechris Plasma Resources. They're located in Provo, not too far away from Lavelle Edwards Stadium, just over on Columbia Lane. The exact address 651 Columbia Lane in Provo. You're probably wondering if you don't know what Telechris does. Well, Telechris is a plasma donation center where they take the plasma that's being donated and they're uh, helping people develop medications for people with low immune systems, uh, plasma therapy for burn victims, and also research into additional usages of plasma Especially right now, they're actually using plasma to see if they can help it combat COVID-19. Of course, that awful virus has got all of us staying at home, etc. Well, Telechris and their parent company, Griffles, are right there on the front lines in their own right, trying to fight off this awful virus. And you guys, they're looking for donors. They need people to come in and donate their plasma, and they're going to make it financially worth your while. A lot of us right now with the economic downturn are struggling, obviously. Many people out there have been furloughed. Some people have been laid off. I have some family members. I just won yesterday, actually, just lost his job. Well, Talachris can help fill the void a little bit. Return donors to Talachris Plasma Resources can earn up to $475 a month. But if you're a new donor, you've never done this before, you can make up to $525 in your first month down at Talachris Plasma Resources. A great place. I went there when I was a student at BYU, and I need to get back down there at some point here in the near future and make a visit to Talachris. But they are making it financially worth your while, but you're also helping people around you. You're helping people with low immune systems, burn victims. Obviously, like I said, the COVID-19 pandemic, they're using plasma. They're researching to see how it might be able to combat the virus as well. So it's a very worthwhile effort and a cause that you can get behind, but also be rewarded financially for helping Telechris Plasma Resources out as well. Check them out, guys. 651 Columbia Lane in Provo. If you know where Sweets Hawaiian Grill is, they're on the same street there, right near the Deseret Industries in Provo as well. And even if, if that doesn't stand out to you, you know where Chick-fil-A is at? 
not too far away from there. You can just Google it. Telecris Plasma Resources. That's T-A-L-E-C-R-I-S Plasma Resources. Their phone number, 801-377-1243. And don't worry, they're open all day and all evening. So regardless of when you're available, they probably are open. They open up at 5.30 a.m. and stay open until 8.30 p.m. Monday through Friday. They're open from 5.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturdays, closed on Sunday. So check it out, guys. Talacris Plasma Resources. They need your donations. Check them out. 651 Columbia Lane in Provo. Phone number 801-377-1243. That's Talacris Plasma Resources. Proud partner of Locked On Cougars. Let's dive on into part two of my conversation here with Blair Red on a Fan Friday here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. A lot more BYU football talk as well as some thoughts on the BYU basketball program. So let's get to it. Here's myself with Blair Red, part two of our conversation. When you see BYU today, what? Uh, let's go with the negative first. What concerns you about the BYU football program at this point, at this juncture? Uh, well, two, it's twofold, really. Okay. I mean, let's be honest. Independence, I mean, I'm in the minority here. I'm, independence and BYU's money is great for them. Mm-hmm. However, I know once the first loss happens that we're playing in whatever bowl, wherever, you know, Hawaii Bowl, Vegas Bowl, Poinsettia Bowl, whatever. So the season loses its luster for me. Like I said, I know I'm in the minority here. And I think the biggest thing that concerns me, and I know the mission aspects different different and whatnot, is recruiting rankings are consistently in the 70s and 60s. And, you know, it's just one of those deals where I think, I think Coach Itaki is one of the best recruiters around, and I think he's one of the best player development coaches around. Like, his player development's awesome. But when you take the lower-level athlete and maybe make him into a functional player, a good player, the imagine what you could do if you had a four-star athlete and develop that. Yeah. So Those are my two big concerns. Yeah, so in terms of that development, you have a unique insight into that because you're developing young men at the high school level with the hope that I think some of them eventually, if you haven't already, can move on to the next level and have an opportunity to play at the collegiate level. So uh, you you understand what goes into that. Where do you think uh, BYU can improve? Or do, you th- or do you think they can improve in terms of getting the higher-level recruits in there and then developing them, in, in, like you said, using a four-star talent versus maybe a two-star talent and getting the benefit of having the development from a more talented player? Um, yeah, I mean, the big – let's uh, – I just want to be honest here. Yeah. I'm jealous of Utah. They got Pac-12 money. They got prestige. Uh, who wouldn't want to send their kid if they were a high-level recruit to the Pac-12 as opposed to BYU? So that's where I think – is the hardest part right now for BYU fans is just the dominance that Utah's had. If Utah was still in the Mountain West, if BYU and even if Utah had won ten straight in the Mountain West, at least they'd feel like you could compete with them. You could get the same recruits with them. Yeah. Here, here. I mean, Jalen Johnson, Bradley, and I, uh, Julian Blackman. I mean, they're just sending dudes left and right into the draft. 
And uh, I think that's what would happen with BYU if they got the four-star recruits because Kalani learned from Kyle. So if, I think you would see BYU sending dudes into the draft if they could consistently compete with that. And I don't know the answer. I know C5 is probably not the answer, but I don't think a P5 is calling anytime soon. So I, I, to be honest with you, Jake, I just don't know. I think it's a little bit of wait and see and kind of hope and pray that the next realignment goes your way. I don't know if it will. I, I have my questions, but at this point, you just got to BYU make it through independence. And if 2023-2024 doesn't go your way, then you're going to have to reevaluate some things, in my opinion. Now I'm just a fan and a coach, so I don't have the insight on how much money, more money they're making. But it seems like playing as a player, I always wanted to play for something, and it'd be hard to get pumped up to play uh, University of Boston in Gillette Stadium, yeah. you know, in November. Yeah, I I think you're not alone in that assessment. I think there's a lot of BYU fans that look at it. And I think there honestly probably are players on that team, if not a, a number of them, who have the same feeling. It's easy to get up for the USC's. It's easy to get up for the Wisconsin's, the Nebraska's, the, all of those different big-name opponents. But you're right. There are games like the UMass, the uh, let's say the UConns that are on your schedule sometimes. Even the FCS games, I think the Northern <laughs> Alabama's that type of stuff. I think it's it's tough for people to get up for those type of games. But I'm also with you in the thought that okay, right now the money's too good to, to go back to the G5 level to rejoin the Mountain West Conference or the American Athletic Conference, regardless of whatever it is. BYU's financial situation. <laughs> is much more advantageous as an independent in that regard. But also, you're sitting here waiting and hoping, and like I said, hoping and praying that come the middle of this decade, the conference realignment takes place and BYU finally gets a, a seat at the table at the Power 5 level. I, I, I've debated this on the podcast with myself. I don't see a good answer for BYU. So are you kind of in the, of the thought process that you think that BYU just needs to stick it out until that realignment that looks like it's going to take place is going to take place and then make a decision on what you're going to do. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think you have to kick the can down the road. Cause like I said, the money's so good right now. I mean, you couldn't get that in the mountain West conference. It's just, it's not happening. And another thing is I think why you kick the can down the road is maybe the playoffs expands to eight or 16 and they yeah. say, okay, we take the best G five. And then you can realistically convince your fans, well, heck, we have a shot at a national championship. It's best yeah. for us to try a G5. So that's – but obviously, like you said, the best thing is if it broke BYU's way and got in a P5. But I just think there's so many dominoes that could fall that right now independence probably is your best bet for the money. And the games are fun in, in uh, September, let's be honest. Like, they're yeah. super fun. So I think it's the best route right now. But, you know, we'll just, you just have to wait and see where the dominoes kind of fall. If they, do, or if they do expand to eight teams and they take a G5, then I think you got to have a serious conversation. Okay, I asked you about what concerns you about BYU football. Let's, ha- let's go on the flip side here. What uh, has you thinking positively about BYU in football or just BYU sports in general? Football specifically is uh, – <laughs> is, how awesome the offense is and how I think A-Rod 
is a genius. I mean, his play calls are next level. The passing game is uh, through the roof intelligence with how they have clear out routes, yeah. with how they have um, sit routes, comeback routes. Their gadget plays are fun. You know, everyone loved Romney because I think the offense really got creative with the game planning with Romney as opposed to Wilson. Uh, we can maybe talk about that later, but <laughs> I thought, so I'm actually super encouraged by the staff. Um, I think, and I'm not bad enough because he knows more about football than I do. He's a great guy. Met him a couple times. I think Tuiaki's way too conservative. Just my thought. But I think overall the staff is on point. They're the right staff to be there. You know, I love Tide. Detmer more than anyone, but he was in over his head. It'd be like me, high school coach. You know, I played college ball not at high level like Ty did. It'd be like me getting thrown in to be the DC and without any training from any, you know, yeah. of game planning otherwise. So the staff got me excited. I think the games, like I said, they're fun. That got me excited. Um, look at our the schedule for if this season happens, I mean, 2020 schedule is awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're not going to play in a national championship or even a conference championship. Man, you're going to have some fun games. And when August, September rolls around you, in normal years, you just get psyched to play those games. So I think Tom Holman does a great job of scheduling. And just BYU in general, I mean, Mark Pope, look at the recruits he's landing or transfers he's landing. BYU, if they can hang on to Pope, they're going to be a pretty dang good team. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you in that regard. Uh, the biggest question I think around Pope is, yeah, how long is he going to be in Provo? Uh, he, he, It's already being talked about how long Hiltzman is going to stick around, but I think you're right. I think the coaching staffs for both BYU football and BYU basketball, they should have people excited because you can tell a guy like Kalani Satake, he absolutely loves BYU. He's been a fan his entire life. He played there. He's always looked forward to going back and coaching there because of Lavelle Edwards and the mentorship that he received from his coaches beyond just Lavelle while he was a player there. So I think it, it's very easy to look at what's going on with the various um, coaching staffs at BYU and say, okay, yeah, this is very easy to get on board with. The hope is at some point that they break through. Basketball broke through this year. There's no doubt about that. They had seven seniors and they broke through and were on their way to the NCAA tournament. You'd like to see football finally have a breakthrough season. They were very close this year. I think most people can agree to a potential nine-win season, maybe even ten wins if you take a few plays here and there and, and turn them around for BYU. At some point, you hope, okay, they break through and finally have that breakout year that Kalani's been chasing for what will be year five coming up. Well, yeah, I mean, the dam's going to break, I think, when and if, unfortunately, they beat Utah. <laughs> that would like, help. That's that that's going to roll confidence. I mean, playing Utah the first game of the year and getting your head kicked in, you know, that takes – that's a gut punch. And then it took them 50 minutes against Tennessee to get rolling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I, I that's just my personal opinion is I think – because Kalani Sataki didn't forget how to coach. He's the, still the same coach who was 
turnover city, Sac Lake City. I mean, he's still the coach that does all that stuff. He didn't forget how to coach. I think the players need to break through against Utah. But on the other hand, I think they put way too much pressure on themselves to beat Utah this year to where, you know, once they lost, it was a giant letdown. And us, we as fans, yeah, we can have that expectation and get let down. But as a player and as a coach, you can't have that, oh, we have to beat Utah at all costs because they play them again the first game of the year this year. If you don't do it again this year, you have 10 more games to prepare for. There you go, Bladder Red, part two of our conversation with the final piece of that conversation here in just a second. Uh, get some thoughts on him on recruiting. Get some thoughts from Blair on recruiting. Also, he has a he has a very interesting thought and a plea for BYU fans. I think all fans need to hear. You'll get to that. You'll hear that here in just a little bit. Before we do that, though, do need to talk to you today about our good friends at Postmates. Uh, If you don't know what Postmates is, it's a delivery service, but it goes more than just the food that you're trying to eat each and every day. All of us have our favorite local restaurants. A lot of us staying at home, trying to stay home, stay safe, the stay-at-home orders. Here in the state of Utah, where I reside, they're being lifted gradually, but they're still not completely lifted. Well, Postmates is here to help help fill the void for you guys. And that's what I would encourage you guys to check them out. Regardless of whatever you want to eat from your local restaurants, Postmates is there to deliver that for you. But more importantly, they don't, don't deliver just burgers or sushi. They actually make your life easier by picking up everything you might need from a place like Walgreens or 7-Eleven and dropping it off outside my door. They have no contact delivery, so they bring it to your door. They leave it there. They leave. You open the door. You pick up your food. There's no interaction. It keeps you safe, both parties safe. It's a very easy way to go about getting the goods you need or the food you need without having to leave your home. Check it out, guys. Postmates, for a limited time, they're giving all of our listeners here on Locked On Cougars $100. You heard me right. $100, $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days working with Postmates. To start your free deliveries, download the Postmates app and use the code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That's the code Locked On for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app and begin using their services. Anything you need, Anytime you need it, Postmate it. Proud partner of us here on Locked On Cougars and the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, let's get to part three of our conversation here on Locked On Cougars with Blair Red on a fan Friday here on Locked On Cougars. Some great thoughts on recruiting as well as a plea from him for BYU fans. We'll get to all of that right now on the Locked On Cougars podcast. You're moving uh, programs high school-wise this year. I don't think we touched on that yet. Uh, You were coaching at Weber for – how long were you at Weber for? It was quite a while, right? Yeah, seven years. I came in with Matt Hammer, who's now obviously at Weber State. Um, as the offensive coordinator this mm-hmm. year. And uh, alma mater came calling. My, you know, my heartstrings were tugged a little bit. And so I decided to jump ship and go to Bonneville and try and help them compete in 5A. Yeah, so uh, you're moving over to Bonneville now. You, like you said, your alma mater. Uh, when you look at uh, – what's going on in the high school football ranks. Do you feel like uh, Utah, and this is probably not necessarily BYU specific, but you look at uh, what's going on with uh, high school football recruiting in the state. It's only getting better, I feel like. Do you agree with that assessment? Oh, yeah, 100%. From when I was in high school and I had my 
offers and scholarships to my biggest offer was with uh, Sonny Lubick at Colorado State. Um, I decided to go the JUCO route to try and get my dream offer. Everyone has those dreams. I wasn't good enough, but uh, so I was one of like five kids. I think Jake Caressa, okay. Felody Nada, obviously, Nada, obviously. There was like five D1 offers in the state of Utah my senior year, 2002. And now, like, you got schools, and this is a credit to Utah and the Pac-12, University of Utah and the Pac-12. I mean, Stanford's getting kids every year. USC's getting kids. Uh, Oregon, Washington, they're all plucking kids. And I think the recruiting's getting better because the coaching's getting better. I can just speak personally of Matt Hammer, who's obviously a college-level coach. He was at Weber High for six seasons rebuilding that program getting that getting those kids yeah. coached up and he got a kid to BYU Tyson Lewis who will be there mm-hmm. this fall I mean the coaching is just in Utah insane Layton just hired a new coach Katoa he played at BYU uh in the Fosu Katoa mm-hmm. in the 90s I mean the coaching is just getting insane and the weightlifting I think I think Utah's finally just catching up to because it took a long time for there to even be like weight lifting programs in the state for football players. Like people fought against it for, for whatever reason. And I think Utah has always had talent, but a, we have the better coaching and better understanding. And, uh, football is just king when it's all said and done. Absolutely. Uh, bringing it a little closer to home in terms of BYU specifically, do you think that BYU can do a better job recruiting in state than they already are? Or do you think that they're doing as well as can be expected? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, If you ask the coaches, I'm sure they could say they could do a better job. BYU's coaches. But I mean, realistically, they don't lose many kids to Utah state, Weber state, you know, they shouldn't lose anyone to Weber State at the end of the day, but they don't lose they don't lose kids to Utah State very often. Maybe once in a blue moon. You know better than I would with the recruiting. But I mean, if someone's I mean, Utah's having a hard time hanging on to the best talent in the state. The talent's leaving the state. Yeah. And then and you know, they they'll lose some kids to Utah, but that's just P five versus G five. I guess they're BYU's not G five, but you get the gist. Utah's in a power five. So I think they're, I honestly think BYU's doing a great job in state. Uh, they just got to supplement it with some kids. I know Texas pipeline's big. I know some of the former, you know, margin hooks, Ross Oppo, they're yeah. doing their own thing, pushing kids towards BYU. So I think that's, I think the Texas pipeline's important, but I think they do as about as good a job as they can in state. Okay. Uh, last what's, co- your, what's your thoughts on that? So, no, sorry. No, so I'm, I'm actually, I actually kind of have the same thought as you. I, you, you look at it, and I, I've had this debate with people both in my day job with the Zone Sports Network and also uh, just with the podcast, etc. And I've talked to people and said, "Well, here's the thing: 
Utah's not keeping everybody in state. They're doing a better job. I think Utah is getting the higher level athletes, I guess you could say, in terms of uh, bringing in, let's say, Van Fillinger this past year. Uh, he committed to Texas. Utah has a great year. and He decides, you know what? I can get everything I need right here at home and just minutes away from my home in Draper up in Salt Lake City, so I'm going to stick around. But Utah's not keeping everybody home. The entire Pac-12 is recruiting here. We, we see it. Oregon, like you, said, like you mentioned, Oregon's coming in. Washington has taken one or two guys every year out of the state. Stanford loves coming here. David Shaw has made it n- very well known that, hey, I'm coming to Utah off early and often, and I'm going to take kids out of the state. I like return missionaries. I like guys who can fit in with my program. I like the whole LDS element. So I actually agree with you. I think BYU is doing a relatively decent job, all things considered, recruiting to the level they can recruit to. My biggest concern, I think, is when they get with some of these prospects in state early on, stay in contact with them. I think it's been a big issue for them over the over the last couple of years. Is sometimes they'll latch on to a young man who has stars in his eyes and is looking at bigger programs, et cetera, looking at the Power Five, let's say. And all of a sudden, he thinks, you know what? Uh, I'm not so interested in BYU, and BYU kind of senses that, and they give up on it. I think that they need to stay with that and just stay in contact with these young men because, hey, at the end of the day, maybe these young men decide, you know what, I want to stay closer to home. And if BYU continues to show them the love, maybe that pays off with one or two guys down the road that you didn't think you might get originally, but you end up getting them in the end. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah. Uh, Last couple of things here for me, Blair. You grew up a BYU fan your entire life. What is your favorite part about being a BYU fan? <laughs> favorite parts, actually. It's, when I was growing up, it was cool to be a BYU fan. They dominated the state. Yep. And that was kind of fun. My favorite part now is at, on Weaver's staff. I don't know about Bonneville's staff. I haven't really had a chance to be there. There was two BYU fans on the whole staff. <laughs> Hey. It was I. I like being the guy who's you know BYU's gonna. I in my heart of hearts they're gonna turn around and they're one of these days they're gonna beat Utah. It's fun being the underdog. It's fun, you know. I wanna. It's I think it's fun. Kind of it's it's obviously not fun get talking to your friends after Utah beats them again. Yeah, but it's it's fun to be against the grain right now. I mean. I, it's not as cool as it was, and that's kind of more fun for me at this point, if that makes sense. Well, I, so I actually had a conversation with a good friend of mine who he's also a big BYU fan. He's been in his entire life, and we actually had a similar conversation recently, and he essentially said, yeah, I get to now be what I saw Utah fans being back in the 1990s when I was growing up. They were the underdog. They were the, they, they were the yeah, the two out of the, let's say, ten guys were – were Utah fans. Now it's two out of 10 are BYU fans. Like you said, in your, in your case with the Weaver football staff, he, he said, I kind of enjoy this underdog role. It's kind of fun to be that. Yeah. I mean, why not embrace what you are? That's where I think people get upset with BYU on Twitter is they have unrealistic expectations of what BYU is at this point. They are who they are. It's not the eighties or in the nineties. Just embrace who you are and enjoy the seasons. 
it, it's the truth. I think that 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 is a great statement. Uh, last thing here, Blair, before we wrap this up on a Fan Friday, I'm going to give the soapbox to you. What do you want BYU fans to know? Do you have something that you'd like to put out there for BYU fans here on the Locked On Cougars podcast? Oh, just my in my soapbox. Mm-hmm. These kids on BYU's any athletic team, you know, their volleyball team's awesome. Obviously. Your football teams has their ebbs and flows. Basketball has ebbs and flows. I think we do a poor job as a BYU fans of, I'm, you know, bad mouthing the actual kids. Okay, like, like grown adults. I follow a few people on Twitter that, sure enough, they don't, you know, they don't put their name on that. It's one of the, you know, Cougar Forever or this or that. It, and yeah. you know, like the perfect example is the the Nick Emery thing when he tweeted the recruit don't go blah 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 whatever. This kid, you know, at, from all accounts, I don't know Nick. I've never met him. Uh, he's had some ups and downs, some rough goes about it, and you know he was probably an emotional kid at the time and sent the you know tweet to the recruit. And then you had grown men, 40, 50 year old men just going in on him, calling, you know, making fun of his mental health or this, that, or the other. I just think we're kind of a savage fan base. And I would like to just, and I'm speaking to the vocal minority on Twitter because that's what uh, you have a 66,000 football stadium and maybe 20 of them are vulgar and vocal. But that makes me kind of like, you know, stop doing stuff like that. Yeah, Nick Emery said some things, but you, what you're saying is worse than what he said. So that's my soapbox. And just enjoy enjoy sports. Just enjoy it, man. Like, don't – when I was younger – and it's hard for me to say this because when I was younger, I lived and died with BYU games and Saints games. But just enjoy it. Like, they're so – when they win, be happy. When they lose, you can be frustrated, but shrug it off. Like, you don't – don't get upset. Don't take it out on the kids. You know, Andrew Rich, I went to high school with him, and he would always just crack up at all the stuff he would Facebook and <laughs> messages he would get. It's, you know, especially after losing to Florida State after they beat Oklahoma. You know, they they went off on the secondary that game. Just enjoy the games. It, that's, that's what I want BYU fans to know from Blair Red. Just, just enjoy sports in general. It, you know, we're obviously seeing right now what it's like without sports. That's what I was going to say. I'd rather yeah. lose. To, I'd rather lose to Utah right now. Watch a game than have no sports. So just watch, just watch and enjoy. I, I was, I was going to echo that. I was like, I think we all realize how big of a role <laughs> sports plays in our lives right now. So I'm with you in saying amen to that. Just enjoy it. it. It sports are there for our entertainment. They're not there. They're not life or death. It is a game after all that we're watching and we're not in the game. We're all armchair quarterbacks, armchair analysts, but I, I think you had a great, great piece there, Blair, but Blair can't thank you enough for joining us here for being our, our, our first Fan Friday subject. We're looking forward to doing this in the coming weeks and months and look forward to having you on again soon, okay? Oh, absolutely. Thanks, Jake. I appreciate it, bud. There you go. Blair Red. Can't thank him enough for taking the time. A fantastic conversation. If you guys would like to be a guest analyst here on the Locked On Cougars podcast, 
let me know. Check out the show, like I said, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Locked On Cougars. The email address, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. My personal Twitter feed, if you want to reach out to me there, is at Jacob C. Hatch. I'm looking forward to doing this each and every Friday with you guys. Hopefully, you guys are interested and will be willing to do it. All right, I have a couple of people in the queue, but always going to be adding names to it and love to have you guys be a guest analyst here on the podcast get your thoughts let you sound off on what you feel is most important when it comes to BYU sports once again a huge thank you can't thank uh, Blair Red enough for taking the time to join us here looking forward to doing this again next Friday hopefully you guys enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you guys and hopefully you guys all have a great weekend Stay home, stay safe here in the state of Utah with the gradual reopening of the economy, the extreme social distancing measures. Be careful out there, folks. Hopefully you guys are all well and whole, and hopefully you guys are all having a great day whenever you hear this, and we will talk to you guys on a Monday. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for May 1st, 2020.